As you just saw in the video, this morning we begin a four-week series called Bad Religion. The idea of this series is real simple. It's not bad religion across town in some other building somewhere. This is bad religion where there are pieces of it in our own hearts. And that bad religion that we have in our hearts and in our minds, it's, uh, it's shrinking our hearts and it's hurting our friends and our loved ones. And uh, there are pieces of bad religion that have gotten into us that are harmful to us and they shrink our hearts. These pieces often have a sliver of truth with them, but we take them too far or we get them confused. And Jesus himself spent a lot of his time combating pieces of bad religion. You'll, you'll remember Jesus said, you've heard it said, you've come to believe, you've come to base your life on something. That's a piece of bad religion. And then Jesus would say, but I say to you, Here's some examples. You've heard it said, an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth. Revenge is just. Bad religion. But I say to you, said Jesus, when you're slapped on one cheek, turn the other. Forgive your enemy, 70 times 7. Leave judgment to God. If someone steals your shirt, give him your cloak too. You've heard it said, do not commit adultery. What did Jesus do with that bad religion? He said, um, even if you look at a woman in that way, you've already missed the mark. You've heard it said, when you have power, you get to lord it over others. You get to be in charge in a strong way, authoritarian. Jesus said, put a towel over your arm and be a servant leader. You've heard it said, it's religious and right to honor the Sabbath day. What did Jesus say? He said, wait, 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 wait. The Sabbath day was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. So honor God by loving others on this day. Jesus had, to, had a lot to say about bad religion that seeps into our hearts. Each week of the series, we're going to put our finger on one piece of bad religion that we think is important to our congregation and uh, a cause for some hurt and damage, and then we're going to um, talk about it, talk about the harmful effects of it, and then talk about the antidote for it. And today, uh, the piece of bad religion that we're going to hit on is this, uh, we've got a slide, do not stumble. Well, you might be sitting there asking yourself, how is do not stumble bad religion? Isn't there some truth in do not stumble? Definitely. It makes sense, right? Do not stumble in this walk of being a Christ follower. Stay on the path. You ought, to, you ought to really, many of you are saying in your head, we ought to be past stumbling by now. I mean, at this point in your maturity, in your family life, in your understanding, in your journey with God, in your raising of your family, stumbling ought to be a thing of your past is what you're thinking. Maybe you stumbled in college. People do that. Maybe you stumbled as a teenager. People do that. Maybe even you stumbled as a young husband or a young wife. But shouldn't stumbling be in your past? Do not stumble by giving into that temptation that you've been fighting for years. Whether um, that temptation comes at the computer, or the clothing store, or at work, or at the sports bar, you should be past that stumble. You shouldn't stumble these days by wasting your money or making bad purchases or being in credit card debt up to your eyeballs, right? You should be past that. But sometimes we aren't. You shouldn't stumble over greed or selfishness or doubts or anger or overeating or lack of compassion or judging others. 
Now, here's the other bad part of do not stumble. If you do stumble, keep it secret. Don't tell anybody. Don't let anybody find out. Put on, hey, everything's okay with me, mask, with your friends and your family and your small group and your church. For sure, don't point it out to anybody. Now, do not stumble is a great encouragement on a hike in the mountains. Hey, don't stumble. Kids, don't fall over that crevice. You know, that's, that's good. But it's bad religion. Do your best. Live life to the full. Follow Christ with intensity. Those are correct religions. But do not stumble, which is what it morphs into, is bad religion. The Bible's clear. We are all going to stumble every day. We are. We're going to stumble every day, and that's true religion according to Jesus. We're going to fail and sin every day. My son Jeremy, my oldest son and I, we love to hike. Here's a, I think we have a slide of uh, Jer and I. Uh, that picture was taken on one of our hiking vacations. We uh, take quite a few hiking vacations together. We've hiked in a lot of national parks across the country. In 2017, Jeremy and I drove to hike in Glacier National Park. And I know many of you have been there. And we were hiking uh, one of the high trails across from Logan Pass called the Highlander. And if you've hiked out there, you'll remember this one is the one that goes around the edge of the like, canyon and you have to hold on to a wire that's bolted into the side of the rock as you're scooting around because they don't want people to fall. And then as you're going farther, it's a more uh, calm kind of uh, walk. Uh, um, we got past that part fine and we were walking and actually we were walking on a path that was plenty wide. Now it was uh, here and 70% uh, grade above us and 70% grade below us for hundreds of feet. And so that's beautiful, beautiful. And the path was plenty wide. And so we're walking along and we get to a place where there's a little bit of vegetation but the, it's still the same. And then Jeremy missteps. He's in front of me, and he steps off the path onto that 70% grade, and he's gone. Did I say hundreds of feet? But 10 feet down, there were some bushes and some trees that caught him. Just a little, little tree caught him. And so he's laying there in the dirt, and I lean over to see him, and it's too steep for me to go help him. It's too steep for me to get down there. So I find a branch, and I put it down, and I pull him up. And we sit on the path for a minute. Our thinking has changed. This is not quite the path we were thinking it was. Not quite as safe. Not quite as wide. Not quite, uh, we need to attack the rest of this hike a little different. Have you ever been there where something happens and you take a new look and you go, whoa, this is more dangerous than we were thinking. Because when you stumble, when you stumble, things can happen. Um, so that was a stumble that day and it's good. Do not stumble. But as we took the rest of the hike, we realized something. People stumble. People fall off of these things. And when you do, things can happen. Now, who do you tell? 
when I got back to the hotel that night, there was not a chance I was going to call my wife, <laughs> who was in Cedar Falls, and go, hey, we had a great day. You should have seen Jerry rolling down. Now, we did by mistake. Well, we have to tell somebody, so we called Jerry's sister, Em, and we told her. And then we realized pretty shortly we would have to tell Lynn. So we're, when we're within uh, five minutes of home later that week, I turned to Jerry in the car and I go, you know who has to tell mom, don't you? It's you. You're the one who fell. You have to tell mom. <laughs> People say, Dave, we like to listen to your teach because you're one of the teachers that make us look good. <laughs> um, okay. Now, spiritually... When you stumble like that and fall, what's the spiritual reality? Well, there are some uh, beliefs and some harmful impacts we need to talk about for just a minute. So harmful impacts of do not stumble. Here it is. The belief is if I stumble in this life, if I fail, if I sin, if I do that again, God will withdraw his love and be angry with me. This peace is in some of your hearts right now. You cannot believe God could ever love you as, you as you are, and he can't love you before and during and after the fall. Some of you can't. And think of the impact of this. If he can't love you when you stumble, and you stumble every day, how close can you ever feel to God the Father? How close can you ever feel? You can't feel that close. This, the impact of this is it isolates me from God and it keeps me from confessing and receiving forgiveness and moving on. I mean, how long is Jer going to lay down there against that brush before we get him back up and get going again? We got to do it. We got to get moving. And that's the same thing spiritually you have to do after you stumble. You have to go, I stumbled again. Okay, let's get back on the path. Let's go. People need me to go. I've actually heard it in the hallways of this church. I heard years back, a teacher say to a kid in a classroom, well, it was a frustrated teacher, if you don't behave better, God's not going to be happy or love you. That is bad religion. That is bad religion. That's not how God is. There's a lot of cost to this piece of bad religion. And some of you are living with that right now because you can't feel the love of God because you're too focused on your stumble. Second, second harmful effect. Uh, do not stumble, is this belief that if I stumble, people will be disappointed and lose trust in me. And that's why we cover it up. That's why we don't confess it to others. So if I stumble, if I say, hey, I'm a stumbling Christian, follower of Christ, somehow that takes away my authenticity or my authority or the fact that my kids would ever want to be like me. It's not true. It's not true. The impact of this, it keeps me from sharing with others and keeps me from helping others at a deep level. You see, if you never fail or stumble, people who are, live life and stumble, they don't think you have much to tell them. But if you confess, hey, I make mistakes just like you do. I make mistakes every day. Then people who also make mistakes, they're going, maybe I could learn from that person. It also totally, once I'm honest about my stumbling, it also changes my attitude towards those who stumble, right? There's no room for better than you in this because I know on my hike spiritually, 
I might stumble at any minute. I started watching my feet closer after Jer went over. And I started watching his feet closer, too. But there was this camaraderie. It's like, this could happen to anybody. And therefore, we need to be honest. Do not stumble. A third harmful effect that happens is uh, if I stumble, I let myself down and I see myself as a failure. This ever you? I should have done better. Not only is God mad at me, and not only do my friends aren't going to trust me, but I don't even like myself. <sighs> Jeremy was not a failure at Glacier National Park that day. He simply made a misstep. And the natural consequences of it could have been terrible. But we got up and finished the hike, and we hiked a little bit more carefully. And that's what we need to do spiritually. So what's the antidote for this thing that we're talking about, do not stumble. Well, it's uh, on this slide, you will stumble. You will. You will sin. You will fail. You will hurt people you love. You will. You didn't come to church to hear this today, probably. But it's true, and it's realistic. And we need to grab a hold of it, because this is the antidote for this bad religion. Here's what's underneath it. We either have too high a view of ourselves or too low a view, view of ourselves. That's what's underneath this. Uh, Bruce Adkins, a friend of mine, a school partner for years, a guidance counselor, a coach, he, he taught me this about kids' self esteem, and it fits here. He said, Dave, we're not trying to help kids have a higher and higher self esteem. And we're not always fighting them having a low, low self esteem. What teenagers need today is they need a healthy self-esteem. That's what they need. They need a realistic look at who they are. So parents, they don't need a higher self-esteem. They don't need a lower. They need a healthy self-esteem. Now, the same thing is true for our spiritual identity. We don't need a high spiritual identity. A low. We need a realistic spiritual identity. And if we have a realistic spiritual identity, then we'll understand that we can stumble off our path and we can get back up quickly and we can keep moving. Now, this truth, just like lots of truths in the Bible, is like a coin with two sides and we have to live on the edge. One side of the truth is that um, uh, Romans 3.23, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Every person in this room, every kid over in kids' ministry, is a sinner and fails every day. You've never had a single day that you lived for God perfectly. You've never have. I never have. You never will until heaven. I never have. So one side of the coin is we're broken by sin. We're going to fail. Uh, here's another verse from uh, Isaiah. All of us have become like one who is unclean, and all of our righteous acts are like filthy rags. We all shrivel up like a leaf and like the wind, our sins sweep us away. So what is it saying? Saying on your best day, your best work apart from God is like a what? Filthy rag. It's not that good. Remember, this is one side of the coin. 
You're going to fail. You're going to stumble. You're going to hurt people. You're going to fall short of God. It's will for you. One side of the coin, I'm broken and I will stumble. And I have to face that. And then we have to be free to talk about it. Not, not necessarily up front in front of thousands of people, but with those we love, with those we're walking with. We have to be free to talk about it. So I'm going to talk about it right now. I'm going to tell the story. I called for permission to tell the story, and I didn't realize that our family had given this story about me a name. So I called Emmy and uh, Jason and said, could I tell this story that happened years back? And Jason, I heard him in the background, he goes, oh, your dad wants to tell the great betrayal story. <laughs> I didn't know it had a name, the great betrayal. Now, think about this. To do my job, one of the things you need to really be good at is keeping confidences. Because church members and friends and community members come into my office and we close the door and we help each other. And, and there has to be a confidence that Dave can keep a secret. I've actually got a lot of secrets I'm keeping about many of you. Because we don't want it shouted from the front. We, we want help, right? So keeping confidences is really important. So one day, Em and Jason came to me and said, Dad, we're having our first baby, but we need you to keep it a secret, you and mom. Don't tell anybody. And so I said, sure. Boy, we're so excited. We gave hugs. This was their, uh, Kale, their first son was being born. And so two days later was the weekend that we were building, rebuilding Ben's roof. Ben was uh, my son and Ben and Aaron had a house and we were tearing the roof off and then we were put, doing some construction and we were putting the roof back on. I'm up tearing off shingles. And Ben's wife, Aaron's brother, comes into the yard with her dad and he goes, I've got an announcement. Mindy and I, my wife and I, we're pregnant. For the, we're pregnant. We're so excited. Now I'm on the roof doing shingles. And for some reason, I don't understand. I stand up and say, Jason! I mean, the whole family's there. The whole family is in the backyard. We're all working. I bet there's 25 people there. I'm on the rooftop. Did I say that? And I say, Jason, that's just like you and him. They're pregnant too. Do you have a son-in-law? I looked at his face when I realized what I had done shouted his secret from the rooftop by mistake. <laughs> there was frustration, hurt, anger, all in his face. I think in his head was, what about keeping a secret don't you understand? <laughs> Here's the deal. By the end of the day, we were okay. I had given him hugs. I had apologized. And do you know what the basis for us being okay was? It's this teaching. We understand. We're going to stumble. We're going to make a mistake. Not intentionally. But if I think someone can live perfectly, then I'm going to be resentful 
and mad a lot of the time. But if I realize this side of the coin, hey, we're all broken. We're all going to hurt each other. We're all going to shout something from a rooftop. We would give anything to take back. That if we understand this side of the coin, it helps us. Now, there's the other side of the coin, though. Let's not forget about that. There's the side of the coin that's the other side, which is you are created in the image of God. This is the side of the coin I didn't get in my young days. Created in the image of God. So the verse from Genesis 1.27, so God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. You are created in the image of God. And you have un- unbelievable potential. Unbelievable potential. But wait, don't forget there's the other side. You're still broken. So how are you going to be broken and have unbelievable potential? You have to live on the side of the coin, which is I will fail, but I have God's help to become better and better and better progressively, but I will still fail every day of this human life. Now, there's an incredible verse that I don't think I've ever taught uh, the congregation, which is incredible, and here it is. Uh, Verse... um, uh, Luke twenty two thirty one. This is when Jesus is talking to Peter about his coming betrayal, his coming stumble. And here's what he says. Jesus is in the upper room uh, before communion. And he says, Simon, Simon, Satan has asked to sift all of you as wheat. But I have prayed for you, Simon, this is Jesus' words, that your faith may not fail. Now, he doesn't say that you won't stumble because he knows Peter's going to stumble. But he says, when you stumble, I don't want your faith to fail. And when you have turned back, wait, after the stumble, strengthen your brothers. I I have important work for you to do. This is incredible. This is unbelievable. But he replied, Lord, I'm ready to go with you to prison and to death. And Jesus said, I tell you, Peter, before the rooster crows today, you will deny me three times that you even knew me. Okay, so what's incredible? He's on the front side of the stumble, and Jesus is saying, I love you, Peter, right now. And then when he stumbles and denies him, Peter actually sees his eyes in the courtyard, and he loves him right during the stumble, and he loves him after the stumble, and he says, I have an important work for you to do, encourage the brothers. Do you understand this? Can you grasp this in your own heart, that God loves you before you stumble today? He loves you right during the stumble. And again, it doesn't matter whether it's in front of a computer screen or whether it's at a clothing store or whether it's uh, with a neighbor or with anger. And he loves you after you stumble. And why did God choose to do that? Because what he actually cares about and what Christian maturity actually is is not did you fall 10 feet but would you get back up and go again? Christian maturity is not I don't stumble. Christian maturity is I stay down on the ground less, I get up quicker, and I keep going. Peter was with Jesus eyeball to eyeball for three years, and he had a huge stumble. I don't even know the man. Sometimes we say this teaching is for you and no one else. This teaching is for you and those you love because you need to give them grace when they stumble too. Right? So you're going to stumble. But we're created in the image of God. 
but we're going to fail in sin again and again. We talk about that when we baptize and dedicate babies. Do you believe they were born in sin? Yes, but in Christ. So we, as followers of Christ, live on the edge of the coin. Broken, but in his image. Sinful, but he loves us before, during, and after the stumble. What a God we have. I'll pray. Uh, Dear God, we can only hear these words and grasp them when we realize how faithful you are, how unconditionally loving you are, how uh, this life with our brokenness is not all there is. One day there's a heaven where all things are made new in you. Father, we, I ask that uh, whatever part of this teaching needs to be helpful to someone in the room, that you would make it so. I pray that uh, all of us would understand the two sides of this biblical truth and would uh, grasp it deeply so that we could love others in uh, strong, strong, strong ways. That we wouldn't expect others to be without sin. In Jesus' name, amen.